Have you ever been disappointed or let down? Duh, right? It's part of life, right? It's the kind of things we say. It's just how life works. Um, I remember when I lost a job that I loved. I was good at it. I was getting promoted and I enjoyed the job, but I lost it. And that happens. Uh, The next several months were confusing. Uh, I felt lost. I felt embarrassed. I carried great sadness and it took me a while to recover. It takes, it takes you a while to kind of re-energize, pull yourself together and, and go on. Um, and I remember when I lost my dad about a year ago, it was much of the same experience. Sadness, grief, mourning, anger, confusion. And it's taking a while to recover. What about you? You ever lost a job? You ever lost somebody? Have you ever been turned down for something you really, really wanted? It just didn't happen. Or you found out that how things were supposed to be going, they weren't going to go that way after all. Have you been hurt by others? Yeah, we've all shared those experiences, haven't we? I, you know, every one of us has had the worst day of our life. Yes? Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that. But we have. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are or how old you feel or how young you feel. We've all had our worst day. We've all been let down and hurt and disappointed. And it takes a while to recover. With every loss comes an opportunity, doesn't it? Can you look back and see the losses and you see opportunities? Or with every death comes a new sense of life. It's strange. It doesn't make sense, does it? When you think about it, unless you've been through it, then you kind of understand. The disciples on the road, they were feeling this immense pain. Notice the story. They've been walking with Jesus. He's a prophet. He's going to redeem Israel or their thoughts, and then he died, which was not how the plan was supposed to go. And then the women show up and say, the tomb's empty, and we saw angels, and they said, he's alive. And then the disciples, some of them, some of the twelve, ran and saw that the tomb was empty. And so what did these two disciples do in response? They left. Did it say that they sought out to see what was happening? No, they they weren't interested in what was happening. They left. They were filled with pain and anger. Maybe they were scared to death. I mean, who, who steals a body, right? Probably their thoughts. If they're willing to do that, which is against all the customs and, and rules of their day, what, what else might they be willing to do to those who followed this rabbi? So they left. They knew disappointment. I mean, they, a week earlier, they'd heard shouts of Hosanna. They'd walked with Jesus into Jerusalem a week earlier when they arrived. They spent the week, they ate the Last Supper. And then they experienced the great horror of crucifixion, which they knew. They'd seen people crucified, I'm sure, before. But this was their leader. This was the one they hoped would overcome all of that. And then the women came and shared this strange story that morning. Who would empty a tomb? The horror may not be over, I guess. We better get out of here. And it's tempting, isn't it? When you're disappointed to just walk away, to just go somewhere else. We've all been there. Maybe you're on that road now. The road of disappointment. 
But we see in the story that that's precisely the road where you encounter Jesus. You just may not know it. I don't know why they couldn't see. There's lots of theories. We can fill in the gaps of Scripture all day long with what makes sense to us, and that doesn't make it wrong. It just means we have all sorts of theories. But they couldn't see. And is it any different when we're disappointed? Do you have a hard time finding the joy, believing, and hope? Yeah. Yeah. This mysterious companion to them, the stranger, walks them through the Scriptures to help them see that everything they just experienced the last week was supposed to happen. I mean, Jesus had told them it was going to happen multiple times, yet they didn't see because it wasn't what they were expecting. They were disappointed. They were maybe angry. The strange thing is, in their disappointment and their anger, when they arrive in Emmaus after having been walking all day, um, they still respond with hospitality and they invite the stranger in. Eat with us. Stay with us. They still live as their rabbi taught them to live. I think that gets overlooked in the story quite a bit. Well, we hear in 1 John how important it is that we love one another, that we reach out, that we do what it is we say we're all about. And they do that. So even in their anger and disappointment, they find a way to reach beyond themselves, which is not easy, right? It's not easy. Then as they eat, the stranger does something very familiar, takes the bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it, and then all of a sudden, like a smack in the face, they see. And then as mysterious as he came, he disappears. I don't know what happened there either. We could talk all day about what that might mean, but we're not going to. He disappears, and their reaction in that moment is very curious. They've been walking all day, seven miles to Emmaus. It's dark. They don't want this stranger to walk on. Maybe they wanted to hear more. Maybe they just didn't want this person walking at night, which is a very dangerous thing to do. Stay with us. So then they go, and who knows how much time passed between them coming inside, seeking shelter, eating, seeing. And then they immediately go out the door and they go straight back to Jerusalem all seven miles that night. It's not a, it's not a safe thing to do. They don't have paved roads, no street lights. But it doesn't matter, does it? Their disappointment's gone. Now, the confusion, I'm sure, is still there. But the disappointment, the anger, it's gone. And so they, they go back. And why do they do this? Because they realize they've experienced the risen Christ. They remembered through the meal they shared. And in that moment, they were remembered into the, the body of Christ, the, to be a disciple of Christ. They walked away disappointed, not knowing what happened, disoriented, lost, no longer who they thought they were, because Jesus may not have been who they thought he was. And then the reoriented, remembered right back in, oh my goodness, it's true. Yeah, the night could not have stopped them. They were going to go. So they went straight back to Jerusalem, which is their calling. It's their calling. Through all of Luke, they've been headed to Jerusalem. You ever feel like your life's always been headed somewhere? Like you're called to be a certain thing or do a certain thing? You're called to give of your gift in some way, but with disappointment, we tend to just kind of walk away from that calling, don't we? 
But we find these disciples responding by going immediately back to the place they were called to go, even though that place was probably the most dangerous place for them to go, and they were going to travel by the most dangerous means for them to get there because it didn't matter. They were going to live how they were called to live. And we have that choice too. Where's your Jerusalem? How are you called to live? You ever had your best day of your life? Was your best day the day that lots of good things happened, or was your best day when you feel like you were truly being you and doing something amazing and being a part of something good? Your best days? Maybe you're feeling lost right now, and maybe you're walking away from where you're called to be, or who you're called to be. We all do it. That's why we come to church every week, to remember and to be re-membered together. Wherever your life has taken you, disappointment has led you away. It happens. And I can tell you many stories of my own anger and fear because of loss and disappointment. I'm happy to share those with you if you really want to know. Um, But I can also tell you how I've remembered who I am. Uh, As a child of God, through Jesus Christ, I've remembered this. And I can tell you how I was remembered by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And a lot of that came through some of you in various times over these last few years. Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus finds us and remembers us and calls us to remember. Amen? Jesus walks with us, sometimes veiled in the identity of others. Amen? We've all walked with Jesus at some point, I'm guessing. And when love and grace shows up in others... When someone said exactly what you needed to hear, maybe it wasn't what you wanted to hear, but it's what you needed to hear. When you've encountered the stranger and for whatever reason just invited them in in whatever way that looks like. When we gather together every Sunday, we experience the risen Christ in one another. It's the good news. Easter is not just about Jesus Christ. Easter is about us. We are resurrected. The resurrection of Jesus proves that we are resurrected. When we remember who we're called to be as the agents of love and grace in this world, Christ dwells within us. And I'm sure you've seen Christ in one another. And it's the the backwards thing about this, and we saw it last week when Matt shared, when someone shares from their wounds, that's when you seem to encounter Christ the most, isn't it? The Christ who still bore wounds in the resurrected state. Think about that. Jesus Christ is risen. Amen? Remember who you are as a child of God. Remember. And help others remember. If you've been walking away from your Jerusalem, may you get back on the road today. May you experience recovery. May your eyes be opened. May you experience the resurrection of Jesus in your own life and the places of you that kind of feel dead right now. May they come to life in the power of Jesus. May you believe. And may you be the risen Christ for those around you. Let us pray together. Lord, I thank you for the stories that we have throughout our scriptures, the stories we have throughout our lives, and the stories we have through the experiences of those around us who take the time to share them with us. That just extend themselves to us, to open us up, to show us love, to speak of their wounds, that we can 
through this experience you, even in the stranger, that we can constantly and through your grace be reminded. So Lord, help us to grab onto that. Help us to not be afraid and help us to go and be a witness for others in whatever way you've called us to be. I thank you for my brothers and sisters and how in this group we have people that are all over the community doing all sorts of different roles and jobs that are traveling to different places that through this community you reach so far. And I thank you that you call us to be a part of your church and you remember us all the time through the power and the grace and love of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, I pray. Amen. Amen.